continue to come where there's need, amen, and provide, amen, based on need above and beyond what we want, amen. And so we give him praise for that. We give him glory for that. Again, welcome all to this one to the creating of our culture with God. Amen. We've been learning the revelations of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we just pray as we've already prayed. Father, that you would just hear our prayers and answer them and show us great and mighty things that we're yet to know. We thank you for the unveiling, oh God, the revealing this morning of the revelations of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. As we continue to learn according to the scripture how to prove our love towards you, Lord God, as we're discerning, Lord God, and testing all of these evil spirits of, of the evil antichrist that have already gone out into the world, the false prophecies, the false teachers. God, we thank you that we're able to discern these things based on the scripture and the spirit of Christ who leads us is not by our own understanding, by our own intellect, God, but it's by the Spirit of God who reveals these things and makes these things known unto us that were written for our learning, that we may be able to know and to help others know, Lord God, that we have eternal life only through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we thank you this morning for these revelations that we're about to learn, Lord God. We give you praise for it, how it's going to help somebody, Lord God. How it's going to bring to bear your will in the earth as it is in heaven. So we give you all the praise for it in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen and amen. So good morning, good morning, everybody. This is Pastor Bless and Sharon Hayes here this morning. Just to greet all of you in the awesome, incredible, amazing name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, this morning. We just thank God this morning. Amen. For this day that the Lord has made, that we should rejoice and be glad in it this morning. Amen. And so we're going to pick up our study this morning over in the book of First John, chapter 4. We've been dealing with verse 4. We broke it down. There is, you got the A precept, you got the B precept, you got the C precept, and amen. So there are three parts to this verse of scripture that we're dealing with. And we're giving you all the scripture references that better illustrate what is contained in this one verse of scripture as we do with all the verses of scripture. Um, this is the kind of teacher that I aspire to be. I haven't always been this kind of teacher, but I believe this is the most effective approach for me. Because the way I understand it sometimes is the way I like to teach it, amen, because, you know, I don't want to confuse people or speak over people's head or send them on a wild goose chase. I want to take my time and kind of lay it out there in, in some form of simplicity and send you to the Word to verify by what is documented, what I'm saying to you, and not just take my word for it. So I would give you uh, the book, the chapter, the verse, or verses, and I would narrow it down to one translation that I use, and that is the King James Version, amen, as I teach. Amen, line upon line, precept upon precept. So let's get into the word this morning. Again, we're learning the, the, the proof that we really love God comes from what the scripture says. And if we go by what's written, we can never be wrong in the eyes of God. Now, people may judge and people may critique and criticize and condemn because they're not in the word and you're in the word. But that's okay. That's their choice. I'm not upset about that. The thing is, we're going to give them what God gives us regardless. And it's up to them because we trust the word going out. You know, out of our mouth, because God put it in our heart, and out of our heart, we open our mouth and we speak and declare what God has given us. Remember, we hear the word in our heart, but we don't sin against God. So when you have the word in your heart, you open up your mouth, and that, that word go forth. You're not sinning against God, but it's when I lead to my own understanding and say what I think, what I imagine, what I assume, you know, my interpretation, my private interpretation. Now I'm sinning against God. Not, you know, I'm sinning against God. And this is why we give the pure, unadulterated, infallible word of God, speaking the truth in love without compromise, 
doing what Paul said do in the book of Acts chapter 10, verse 46 of the King James Bible. We are preaching, we are commanded to preach the word of God to the people of God and to testify about his son Jesus, the mysteries, the, the unveilings, amen, that is not revealed to everybody. Only those who study to show themselves approved unto God as workmen, we did not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, cutting the word straight. We have to study, amen, as we learn in Timothy, yes, I want to say second Timothy, or maybe first Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, King James Bible, it teaches us what is important, amen. And so we're aiming to please God, not people, but God. And if we please God, He will give increases we've already testified to. You know, he will give increase. Some plant, some of us plant, some of us water, some of us doing both at the same time. We just don't know. It doesn't matter. As long as we stay within those parameters, understanding that my job is to plant and my job is to water. I may be doing a little bit of both, but God gives the increase where he desires to give increase. He's the Savior, not us. He's the healer, not us. He's God, not us. Amen. And so we want to stay humble as we do that. Amen. And we have to study the word. So we'll give God's word to the people because he watches over his word to perform it. And he just put me in remembrance of it so many times. We want to put people in remembrance of it. But God is the one that told us to put him in remembrance of his word. He watches over his word to perform it. And so we're on test number five now in this chapter, and it talks about testing the spirits of false teachers. A lot of them are out there. Verse 4 says, ye are of God, little children, and, okay, I love that and, and jumping the saying there's something else, but I thank God for this. Listen to what this, what this test is, testing the spirits of the false teachers. Now look at what he comes back and says, who's going to test them? He says, ye are of God, little children. So he's saying that we have to have this humble approach that we're going to discern and test the spirits of these. We can't be arrogant. We can't be thinking we all this and we all that. We got to humble ourselves under the hand of God because God will show us things when we humble ourselves. He not show us anything if we arrogant and full of pride and condescending, you know, and thinking it's all about us and flashing our little intellect and all of that, what we know, the three scriptures. You know, no, he says, I want you to humble yourself. I want you to come as little children, okay, of God. When it comes down to God, that's who we are. We're his children, you know, and the more humble we are, the better it is for us. That's, that's, that's how you become much in the kingdom of God. You got to humble yourself. He who humbles himself, you know, as a servant under the hand of God, like little children. I don't have a problem with that. I love that, you know, because it gets what we used to say in this same scripture. It gets the monkey off my back. You know, because sometimes people would be Pastor Sharon bound because they don't have a title. They ain't been ordained. They don't have that little flashy nominated card that somebody gave them and told them to pay $50 a month. You keep this card as a minister and never get a chance to preach or teach. But see, God has commanded us, okay, to preach his word, his gospel to the people of God and to testify about Jesus Christ. That's all the qualifications you need is to be saved. If you read over in the book of Mark, chapter uh, uh Chapter 16, verse 16 and 17, it tells you signs and wonders follow those who believe. A lot of people who are preaching right now with them denominated cards and that title ain't even saved. You know, ain't even saved. But they've been given permission based on status quo, based on income, based on education, to get up in the pulpit and try to handle the word of God. 
and they don't even believe the words that they're, that they're preaching because if they did, they live by it. But they're thinking it's all about who I am. I can tell you what to do. Even use the Bible if I need to. Misinterpretation, you know, false prophets, false teachers, wrong spirits, you know, and people are eating that stuff up, man, and it's failing them left and right, and they're trying to figure out why did God let this happen? You're eating the wrong gospel. The Bible says in Jeremiah, book of Jeremiah, chapter 15, verse 16, King James Bible, that said, hey, Jeremiah, even the prophet said that thy words were found, and I did eat them. They have become a joy because of my heart. See, people are not trying to find the word of God. They're trying to get away from the word of God. They want a different gospel. They want to hear something else. Their ears are itching so much to hear something else, and they don't understand the long-term implication, the devastation, you know, leaving you spiritually bankrupt, spiritually dead, spiritually ignorant. And until you can discern the things of the spirit, you'll never be able to fight and win in this spiritual war that we're in. So you will be result to go get you an AR, you know, 15, go get you some type of weapon, some type of rifle, and live by the sword because you don't know how to live by the sword of the spirit, the word of God. You don't know how to declare things and be not as though they are. You know, this, this, these, the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, according to the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. But they're mighty through God that are pulling down a stronghold. And these false prophets out here are not trying to arm you with the word of God. They're trying to disarm you of your hard-earned money. Prosperity is not going to stop these evil spirits. The accumulation of, of large amounts of money is not going to stop these evil spirits. <clears throat> If it was so, it would be in the Bible. God would use those weapons. He would tell us, yeah, go get, go become rich. You can stop these evil spirits. Rich people are dying too, y'all. Their children are being shot up too, y'all. Not only poor people. They come but for the kids to destroy anybody, everybody that don't know Jesus. Even some folks who know Jesus are trying to get to know Jesus. He has no respect for person either. He'll kill anybody. That's what Jesus warned us that he would do. He wasn't just talking to the church and the poor people. He said, hey, Satan, your adversary. He's talking to humanity. Come before the kill, still and destroy it. Everybody needs to arm themselves with the word of God so that we'll know what we're up against and we'll be able to pray accordingly before it happens. Just think about it. All of us are going to die one day anyway, but the beauty of it is, is to know that if I die in Christ, though I be dead, yet shall I live. I don't want nobody to be murdered by a malicious murderer. But if that be the case, the Lord rejoices over the death of one of his saints. And and eating up false teaching and false preaching is not going to make you a saint. Jesus said, I will, you know the truth. The book of John chapter 8, verse 32, the King James Bible, verse 34, the Son must set you free, you're free indeed. Now you can stand fast and live the will of Christ made us free and do not be entangled with the yoke of bondage again. So if death comes, I'm ready for eternity because I've got my business straight with Jesus. I've got given my life to him. And I leave the rest up to him. I leave my fate up to him because he gives life. He got the right to take it away. Not a murderer. But if I don't accept eternal life before I'm murdered or killed or whatever before I expire, then that's on me. That's my responsibility. That's those preachers that you sit up in their church's responsibility is to teach you. We are commanded. 
God's word to his people and to testify of the revelation of Jesus Christ, that he's the only name by which men can be saved. Anything else is false. That's why he warned us of it. And we cannot know what's false unless we deal with what's true. And so he says here, ye are of God, little children. How many yourselves and learn something about your father? Have overcome them because be greater is he that is in you, see, than he that is in the world. And so we test ourselves, number one, first, to know where we are. Are we going out here trying to do anything with anybody else? Are you born of God, you know? a true follower of God in Christ Jesus. Have you overcome false teachers? That's the first thing. Got to overcome what's false. And sometimes we, we, our understanding and our belief is based on false traditions, babbles, babbles, whatever, things that we've been told that wasn't really documented in Scripture. We have to download all that stuff. We have to get rid of all that stuff. That's why the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, old things are passed away. And all things have become new. And now we walk in the newness of life. we got to continue to feed ourselves the newness of life. And so, you know, we talked about the victory, which is the reward for the overcomers. Yesterday, the other day when we, when we taught. This morning we're going to talk about the promises, part B, where it says right there, part B, great is he that is in you. Okay, that's, that's, that's the promise, okay? That's the promise. These are promises from God, okay? And it's these promises are to those who are being tempted. God wants to give you an option. He knows you're going to be tempted. Why? Wow, it's common to man. You know, all of us are being tempted by the same adversary. All of us are being tested by the same God. You have to decide, am I going to go with the temptation, give in to the temptation? Or am I going to trust God to make a way for me to escape out of it because it's common to everybody? So that I can bear the temptation. So I can bear whatever is coming at me. You know, it's common to man. But see, God himself tempts nobody. Nor is he tempted by what is evil. God is not going to stop being God just because of evil. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, when we look in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter, I want to say 10 verse 13. Maybe it's, I don't know. Let's change a little bit up for me. The temptation. Temptation. You know, common to man. Yeah, one of the scriptures we pray about in, in, in our prayer rotation. He talks about that. You know, there is no temptation that's not common to man. Everybody is tempted somewhere in their life. But at the same time, every believer is tested by God. Remember, we're trying to prove our love to him based on what's written in the scripture. And God does not tempt us. Satan does. Okay? God tests us to know what our faith is. Is it from God? Is it of God? Is he the object of our faith? You know? So, you know, she looked up that scripture, you know, I want to give it to you so you'll know, okay? You'll know that the promises to those who are being tempted, I'm talking about the saints now. If you don't know God, you're being tempted. Yeah, the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, the King James Bible, one of our, one of our prayer scriptures, talked about, you know, I'm just going to read it to you verbatim, and I want you to hear this now. The promises to the saved saints, is the ones who are being tempted, not the ones who give in to temptation. Listen to this now. It's in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 10, verse 13, the King James Bible. There has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation 
also make a way to escape that he may be able to bear it. Now, Paul is talking to saved folks in the church. You mean we're going to be tempted more than anybody else? At the same time, you're going to, your faith is going to be tested. And it's not God that's tempting you. It's Satan, your adversary. God is the one who puts no more on us than we're able to bear. And with every temptation, makes a way for us to escape out of the temptation. And so there it is right there. So the promises are to those being tempted. And most of the time, it's 99% of the time, it's Christian. But Satan would love to have you fall. He'd love to have you doubt God. That's, you know, that's, that's him. God is there to test our faith so, so we'll know what our faith is, who is in, you know, who's the object of our faith. Because without faith, we can't please God. Uh, in the book of Luke, chapter 10, verse 19, King James Bible, and I want you to think about precept B here, talking about the promises to those of us who are being tempted. What promises? Let's see right here. It says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Powerful promise of God. And we're going to be tempted, okay, by the power of Satan. Look at what he says. When you see that word serpents and scorpions, it's talking about levels of attack. You know, when you think about these, 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 uh, these here uh, types of uh, poisonous uh, animals and, and, and things here, it's talking, that's exactly what it's talking about. There are things out here in this world that poison us, our faith, our walk with God, our trust, hope, and confidence, and assurance in God. Just like a being bit by a, a wild animal, or a poisonous snake, or a viper, or a mosquito, you know, it causes pain, it causes suffering. And this is what he's saying right here. Tread upon all those things that cause you harm, cause you to swell up, cause you to hurt. Some of them poison you, and you will die from it if you don't get treated. Well, the truth is our treatment for all this poisonous stuff that's being spewed out out here, that these weapons that are formed against us. But look at what the Lord said, how you should treat them. I give you power. This is a promise to the ones being tempted by these things. These poisonous systems, these poisonous uh, 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 entities out here. Some of them are two-legged. Some of them are institutional, you know. Some of them are spiritual wickedness in high places. Some of them are in government. Some of them are in other entities. Some of them are business owners, employees, you know. They're out there. And it's not the people. It's not the flesh and blood. It's those evil, poisonous spirits that are poisoning them, and now they're trying to poison you and me. Trying to tempt us to drink the poison. You know, I've, I've been in an organization where they said, well, if you're not with us, you're against us. Because I took a moral position, especially in the military. You know, I called a lie a lie. I told them, oh, no, 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 that's not who I am. That's not who I represent. I'm saying now. I don't agree with that. I've seen a lot of good men fall because they felt like the only way they could make it, they had to be a part of that system. And all the Lord to be in the world, but don't be up. Don't be caught up in the lust of the lust of the and pride of life. Mm-mm. No, no. I, I had to learn uh, 12, 13 years into my service career that promotions come from God, not man. Man, of course, with that, that, with that stuff, man, thank you, God. You got to, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah, I know Jesus. Now I know that promotion came from him. Not from the, 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 the east, the west, or the south, but from the north, heaven, where heaven is at. Came down from heaven. And 
So those are those serpents and scorpions that he's talking about there. Understand the language. Those are things that poison who you are, poison who your potential is, to be who God created you to be, to have what God created you to have, to do what God created you to do. There, there are poisonous things out there that would try to stand in your way and tempt you, drag you, pull you away, turn you away from that potential. Poison your intent. Poison what God planned for you with all kinds of stuff, false stuff, false teaching, you know, false prophecies, vicious like serpents and scorpions. But look at how the Lord said you are to treat them as a child of God. Tread upon serpents and scorpions. All those things is not of God. Tread upon them. Tell them you're under my feet, Satan. You and all your little influence, all your little intent, your plans, your deception, your familiar spirits. Come on, your false teaching, your doctrine of devils. We tread on that stuff. It's not appealing to us anymore. Because we know the truth, and that truth has made us free. Now, Paul said in the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 1 of the King James Bible, now you can stand fast in the liberty, but with Christ has made you free, and be not entangled with the yoke of bondage again. Listen at what he said in that scripture. Now, the first thing he said, you cannot stand fast. So if you stand, then that means that stuff is under your feet. You ain't knocked off your feet by this stuff. Every wind the doctrine talks to and fro. You ain't unstable in all your ways. You're rooted and grounded in the truth. You're standing on a firm foundation. Jesus Christ is the rock of your salvation. Upon this rock, he told Peter, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Why? Because where you standing? You're standing on the serpent's head. And he's bruising your heel, but you're bruising his head. Because he's under your feet. He's under our feet. And we're treading on serpents and scorpions. All those poisonous things that are, that are out there formed against us, those weapons, they don't mean us any good. There are institutional things, racism and prejudice. All those things are poison and toxic against, against humanity. Especially people of color. <coughs> people of color. And so these are promises to those who are being tempted by these things. He said, Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon or tread on, 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 meaning they're under us, they're underneath us. Keep them where they belong, under our feet on serpents and scorpions, this, this is war talk here, y'all. We're marching on these things. We're treading on these things. We're bruising that heat. We're keeping them under our feet. We're reminding them where he belongs. And over all the powers of the enemy, over all, not some, all the powers of the enemy, don't care where they're at, what institution they're in, don't care who, 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 who is Satan is you. We have the victory, and we fight from that position. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing shall hurt you. COVID came. It tried to kill us, but it couldn't. Cancer came, tried to kill us, but it couldn't. Diabetes tried to kill us, but it couldn't. Why? Because the grace of God is sufficient for us. It's all sufficient for us. My grace is sufficient for you. And we would rather glory in our affliction that that grace may appear. See, what people have to understand is grace is a healing for some of us, too. You know, because one thing I know about grace for me in my life, it keeps me humble. It kept Paul humble. Sometimes God just come and do a miracle and take the thing away and see what people are going to do. Some people, he lets you continue to live and deal with it to prove to you that his grace is sufficient for you. I believe that's my case. I embrace that with much humility because I know it is God who's keeping me, and I want to be kept. Now, I can't say that for everybody else. Some people may get healed, freed of it, never have to deal with it again. To God be the glory. But I let him decide how he going to heal me. I let him decide how he going to keep me. I just keep him as my praise. 
He's my praise. I, I, my job is to just praise him for what he's already done, what he's doing, and what he's going to do. And he's keeping me every day, keeping me alive, keeping breath in my body, every breath that I take, every move that I make. Steps are ordered by God. Now, that's my testimony. Somebody else, he may be doing it different in your life, you know. But he's promised, made a promise to me, who is tempted every day and every way. It's common to man. None of us will live a life without having to deal with temptation. Every day, everywhere you go, every place, there's temptation. But the Lord said, hey, it's common. I'm not the one tempting you. I'm testing you as you're being tempted. You're a child of God. You're my son. You're my daughter. You know, you're my children. Stay humble. Recognize these things when they come. And look for me to make a way for you to escape out of it. I'm not going to put more on you than I know you can bear. Trust me. My thoughts toward you are good. They're not evil. The thoughts of peace to bring you to an expected end to give you hope in the future. Look at Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, the King James Bible. And so let's go a little further here. So it's not going to hurt you. It's not by no means going to hurt you. Also in the book of Luke chapter 21, verse 31, the King James Bible, that says this. So likewise, ye, when ye see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is not at hand. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. So we're living in this big tree generation, y'all. And there are some trees that are bearing fruit, and there's others that's not. And the reason trees are not bearing fruit is because of the doctrine of Satan. And the fruit he's talking about here talking about good fruit that will remain. Now, there's some bad fruit that's being, you know, that's being bore out there on some of those evil trees. But he warned us to be able to discern that. Do you want to partake of that fruit that God has forbidden you to partake of and do the same thing even out of here in the garden and be further separated from God? So he, 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 he put us in a situation of choice. And he's saying there's bad fruit in the world, there's good fruit. You have to decide which tree you're going to eat from. And if you're in a place, man, where false teaching, false preaching, do not eat that fruit. It's poisonous. It's toxic against your spiritual health and well-being. It's like that poison that comes from serpents and scorpions. It will eat you alive from the inside out. It will not change your heart. It will not change your spirit. It'll cause spiritual deterioration from the inside out. And when the heart is destroyed, there's nothing left that enters God. He said that tree, those branches are good for nothing but to be plucked up by men, bundled up and thrown into the furnace and burned. Talking about hell, y'all. Talking about that separation of goats and sheep when we stand before him. Cast into outer darkness where there should be national jealousy forever. We have to live our life today in light of eternity. We have to make those decisions today where I'm going to spend eternity because life is like a vapor. Here's one minute and gone the next. So I got to treat every day like it's his last, you know? He says, so likewise, ye, when ye see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is not at hand. This is the time right now. This generation right now is living 
in a time where we're seeing the scriptures being fulfilled like we have never seen before. But he says that this is not the end yet, but this is the beginning of sorrow. There's a lot of sorrow on the on the land right now, on people right now. These are the beginning of Jacob's trouble the Bible talks about. These are the abomination and desolation that he talks about. These are the outpouring of those evil things that are happening to people all over the world in the last days. This is people's hearts waxing colder and colder. Don't be caught by surprise or thrown off because the word of God, the prophetic word of God, have already pre-warned us over in the book of Mark, chapter 13, the King James Bible, over in the book of Matthew, chapter 23, chapter 24, chapter 25, over in the book of Luke, chapter 21. And you can go to Daniel and Ezekiel. All these things have been pre-warned. But see, when you're reading the wrong prophets, when you're subscribing to the wrong prophets, false prophets, false spirits out there, false teachers, you'll miss all of these revelations. You'll miss these revealings. That's why we call this the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's revealing things to us that were said before by the minor prophets and the major prophets. And they've been fulfilled before, and they're being fulfilled today, and they're going to be fulfilled all the way that every one of them have been fulfilled. So it's nothing new under the sun. It might be new for us to explore this word to find these things out. But this was written before for our learning. We may be just not coming into the, 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 the realm of learning it, this generation. That's okay, too. Thank God we got it when we did now we have to study so we'll know the revelation of Jesus Christ. So when these things begin to happen, we discern what's happening. We discern the time. We don't freak out. We don't become anxious, unruly, you know, ungodly, unrighteous, fussing and arguing about stuff, debating stuff. No, 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 no. You know, we maintain our minds stayed on the Lord, fixed on the Lord, that we may be kept in perfect peace that transcends all understanding that garrison the mount guard over our hearts and our minds so that we can be kept during these troubled times. Look into the author and finish and develop our faith. Look into the hill from which cometh our help because we know where our help comes from. It doesn't come from under our feet, Brother Jeff. It comes from the God above. Your enemy is under your feet. But our help is coming down from God. And he says right there, so likewise, when you see these things come to pass, Know ye that the kingdom of God is not at hand. Now, where is the kingdom of God? The book of Luke chapter 21 also says in verse 7, I'm sorry, verse 17, chapter 17, verse 21. It also says this. It says the kingdom of God is not low here or low there. When you see all these things happening in different places in the world, don't look at that as the kingdom of God because people are sort of lying their teeth out saying, oh, the world is coming to an end and get people all afraid and all freaking out and whatnot, thinking they got to run and do all this stuff right here, man, because the world's coming to an end. Happens all the time. Every vicious cycle, that's what people start doing. Natural disasters, now they're freaking out of work. coming to an end. A lot of people start dying from different things, epidemics, famine. There's there's serious famines on the land right now, and all of them are not natural. A lot of them are more spiritual. And people are, are bankrupt spiritually. A lot of churches ain't teaching the Word of God. They're not preparing the people who wasn't but the spiritual phenomenon. They'll feel sandbags and got dirt and salt all over the place when, you, when you're fearing a natural disaster. But what about this spiritual bankrupt society, this generation right now? Don't know what's taking place spiritually. Can't discern what, because they never asked God like Solomon did to give them wisdom. 
so they'll know what's going on, that they can discern between what's right and what's wrong. Depending so much on the government to provide the answer and then point the finger and blame them when they don't. When all this has been scripted in the word of God for our learning, that we might know these things so that we can go and preach the word of God, commanded to do it to the people of God and testify about the revelation and mysteries of Jesus Christ so nobody will be caught uninformed. Just in case he decides that show to come suddenly. But wasn't we expecting him to come because the scripture said he would come suddenly like a thief in the night? Yes, yes, yes. And catch many people unprepared now, no oil in their lamp, sleeping on the job, you know, not being active, alert, and watching and praying for the bridegroom to show up. But instead of, instead of getting some oil for your lamp, just relaxing like you got time, putting off today for tomorrow that ain't even promised to it. And he says, you know, the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Verily, verily, I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. And it's being fulfilled rapidly all around us. Pay attention. Everything that the scripture Pastor Sharon said was going to be fulfilled is not good. But there's just as much good as who's being fulfilled. Got to strike that balance. Can't freak out. Think the world's coming to an end. It's the beginning of sorrow, pain, and suffering that the Bible talks about. Get prepared for it. There's more to come. But at the same time, God is providing us a refuge and a fortress, a place to run to where we can be safe. It's called the name of the Lord, according to the book of Proverbs, chapter 18, verse 10 of the King James Bible. The name of the Lord is that strong tower where the righteous run into and they are safe. And they who dwell, according to the book of Psalms, chapter 91, they who dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadows of the Almighty. And we can say of the Lord, He's our refuge and our fortress. In Him do we put our trust. Not in some other God, not in some other system that's fell in the people. In the world, but not of the world. And it goes on to say in the book of Romans, chapter 16, verse uh, number 20, the King James Bible, and the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Look at what it says. He's going to bruise his head shortly. What, what, what is he saying to us there? The minute you come into this revelation knowledge, the minute you learn that you have Satan under your feet to tread upon the serpents and scorpions and over all the power and works of the devil. The minute that light goes on, the minute that revelation is revealed. That's why he called said, go and preach. You're commanded the word of God to the people of God, prepare them, and then testify about Jesus Christ, his mysteries, what you're capable of doing in Christ Jesus. Greater is he that's in me and you than he that's in the world. And look at what he says right here. What's going to happen in the book of Romans? And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. So God is going to do this. Why? Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Greater is he that's in every believer than he that's in the world that have received of God's spirit. As many as received him, the book of John, chapter 1, verse 12, the King James Bible, to him gave he the power to become the sons of God. Look at this right here what the Son is going to do through us. Short. The minute that revelation comes, the minute you learn this, right away you can expect a test. And some of us have done that. 
Some of us have walked and fed upon them serpents for and over all the power and works of the enemy. That's why we're still standing today. In the liberty where Christ made us free, by the way. We give God all the glory. He's the one, you know, if any man ways please God, he'll cause even his enemy to be at peace with you. And he goes on to say, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. No matter where we go, God is not going to leave us for the sake because he's with us at the end of the age. He's the paracletos, the spirit of truth, the promise from God, the comforter, the counselor. He comes alongside of us for a reason. He's God with us. He's all powerful. He's all knowing. He's all seeing. He's all loving. He comes along with us to help us, not to hurt us. Go a little further here, and we're going to bring it in. In the book of First uh, Corinthians, chapter 1, verse 10, verse 13, King James Bible, chapter 10, look at what it says. There is no temptation taken you, but that there is common to man. But God is faithful. I like that. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Elaborate on that scripture. It's in my list of scripture references. So you've heard it twice. As a matter of fact, you heard it three or four times this morning. I read to your hearing for a reason. Uh, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, verse 18, the King James Bible, another scripture reference is talking about now the tempters, okay? Those being tempted going to get the promises. But in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. Now, you have to understand what's being said here. Satan was tempted by, I mean, Jesus was tempted by Satan himself. But he did not give in. He always told him, brought him, brought to his focus. I know what's written, Satan. <clears throat> and you too gonna worship God. I know what to get thee behind Satan. Ordered him where to go. Just like we ordered him to stay on our feet. Jesus told him to get behind him. Jesus told him he too gonna worship God. He said, it is written. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that speaks out of the mouth of God. Get thee behind me, Satan. He, he, he had power over He exercised. We have to exercise power over Satan, over his temp. He too was tempted. He didn't give in. He didn't stand. He was faithful to the end. He said he is able to support them that are tempted. Yeah, he made us precious promises. He's not going to violate one of them. We might, but he won't. He's faithful who promised, remember? All these precious promises, all these benefits. And he says, don't forget them. Book of Psalms chapter 68, verse 19. 18 and 19. Don't forget them. They're new every morning. Mercy, new every morning. Grace and truth, new every morning. To strengthen us, to build us up, to enable us to be able to handle these temptations throughout our day. Because Jesus was the example of how to be, how to deal with temptation. He humbled himself under the hand of Almighty God and God exalted him in due time. When it was time for him to go through the wilderness, God said, I already prepared him 30 years learning what to do for the, that one trip to the wilderness on the way to the temple where he grew up at. So he could take that book. Now, he didn't just go through the wilderness. He was approved of God after John baptized him, and he was led by the Spirit and full of Holy Ghost power going through the wilderness. Made it to the temple, took the book, and read in it. You know, God has anointed him to come here and preach this gospel to you. To give sight to the blind, you know, set the captives at liberty, set them free. And the 
the Bible said he said, today, you know, the salvation has, this day of salvation has been fulfilled in your hearing. And closed the book, gave it back to the minister and sat down. I mean, the people doing no work but sitting down. Ain't earned no, no, no right to sit down. In the book of Hebrews chapter 4, though, verse 15 of King James Bible, we move to close. It says, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Because verse 18 just told us in chapter, chapter 2, you know, that he did suffer the temptation. Okay, so he, he'd been there, done that, got the teacher, got the ad, Jesus did it all, everything that we were going to do. Feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet not sin. And give in to sin. He took the temptation. He was found faithful. He passed the test. God said, that's my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. Holy Ghost came upon him and empowered him. Now he was led immediately through the wilderness and full of power. In the book of James, chapter 4, verses 7 of the King James Bible, it says, Submit yourself, therefore, unto God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And we know the other scriptures say for a day, for a day, for a season, amen. That means he'll be back. He's not going to give up. Came to Jesus three times. What do you think he's going to do for us? In the book of 1 John, chapter 4, verse 4, the King James Bible, as we close, it says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. Book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 10, the King James Bible says, Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world, to try them that dwell upon the earth. To try them now. You know, that's the revelation now. That's being revealed. Also in Revelation chapter 3, verse 21, the King James Bible says this, To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. Amen. So we're going to end right there and open up for comments. Father, we thank you. We praise you for your word, Lord God. You said, God, the promises are to us that are being tempted. You also told us in previous lessons that you will grant those who overcome to sit with you just as Christ earned his right because he endured and finished the work, finished the course of his life and was glorified and not sit at the right hand of the high priest and assessor. And Father, he is there, Lord God, I believe, reserving room for those who endure to sit with him on that throne. So I pray this morning in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that we are tempted and we will understand we have power given up to tread upon serpents and over all the power and works of the adversary, we've been anointed to overcome by the blood of the Lamb of God that was slain for the foundation of the world, already tempted, already went through it, Lord God, already told Satan to get behind them, he's just going to worship God, already told them that man is not there by bread alone, by every way that we have the mouth of God. So, Father, we just thank you and we praise you right now that there's no temptation, Lord God, that's not common to us. But with every temptation, God, you will put no more on us that you know we're able to bear. And with every temptation, you will make a way for us to escape out of it that we might be able to bear it. This is your promise to us, Lord, for those who are tempted. We give you all the praise, glory, and the honor, Lord God, to him that overcometh will you grant to 
sit with you in your throne, even as hey, even as Jesus Christ overcame and are sit down right now with you, Father, in your throne. We thank you and we praise you this morning that we're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus already spirit. God, we wait on that day. And we shall sit with you, God, in your throne to judge the world, Lord God, the quick and the dead. We give you praise for it now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.